Marchetti. Welcome to the Inspired Podcast. I am a wife, mom, educator, lawyer, and coach. I want to be a friend and mentor that can walk with you on your motherhood journey. I believe the most important thing we can do for our children is to live a life filled with joy, authenticity, empowerment, fun, and purpose. I spend so many hours reading, coaching, studying, learning, and listening. I want to show you what has been helpful for me and for my guests. We will talk about real tools for everything, from feeling good enough, to parenting, to how to finally reach your goals, how to find fulfillment, how to stay motivated, how to feel more confident, build healthy habits, and so much more. I believe that with the right tools, we each can create a beautiful life. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, and I'm so excited you're here. Free worksheets or guides will be available for this podcast. Subscribe and follow this podcast so you don't miss out. For access to the free worksheets, click the link in the show notes below. Remember, I believe in you and in your ability to create a beautiful life. Ready, set, let's get inspired. And welcome to Inspired with me, your host, Allison Marchetti. I am so excited that we are back for this episode. It's going to be a really great one. I actually got this question from you. I love getting questions. Send me your questions on Instagram. I love to support you in whatever way I can. And this is a really, really common question. I hear this all the time and I have done a lot of research and a lot of learning on this topic. So I'm excited to share with you. So the topic we're going to talk about today is why are my teen, why is my teen tween so emotional and how can I support them? And if you don't have a teen or tween, this also applies to you too, because at any age, our kids can be really emotional and they also can have periods where they're really irrational, right? I mean, heck as adults, we can have periods of time when we're really emotional or when we are really irrational. So this is going to be a really great episode. The first thing I want you to remember when your child is really emotional is I want you to remember the science I'm about to tell you. So our children's brain doesn't finish maturing and developing until, what do you think it is? The answer is mid to late 20s. 20s. Like think about you in your 20s. Your brain still wasn't even fully developed at that point. And you might ask, well, what part of, what part, what part of my brain wasn't developed? What part of my kid's brain isn't developed? The part's called the prefrontal cortex. And it's one of the last parts of the brain to mature. What is that responsible for? That's responsible for, wait for it, our kid's thoughts, actions, and emotions. So, you know, this has something to do with the fact that they are irrational and that they are emotional. Combine that with hormones and puberty when they're in their teens and tweens, and it makes a lot of sense. So I tell you this to hopefully keep in the back of your mind, because sometimes it can be hard not to take it personal when our kids are really irrational 
and really emotional. You know, you feel like maybe you're a bad mom or maybe you've done something wrong or maybe you could just fix it. Maybe you could do something different. And sometimes, you know, maybe that might be the case that you could do something different, but I don't want you ever to think it means that you're a bad mom if your child's, you know, emotional because there actually are science-backed reasons why this could be occurring. Okay, so everybody's experienced it before, right? Like our kids are very emotional. We really don't understand why. And immediately, if you're anything like me, you want to fix it. You know, for the longest time, I felt like it was my job to make everyone, including my kids, happy all the time. And I think as moms, we're programmed to do that, right? Like when our kids are little, there's actually like tons of books. Like I remember my dad got me what to expect when you're expecting. And it tells you all the ways to care for your child and make sure your child's happy, right? Change their dirty diapers, feed them when they're crying. And when you meet their basic needs, many times they are happy. So it's no wonder we still feel that responsibility as our kids age. But the conversation that we're going to have might make you get inspired to think about it a little bit differently. So when our kids are really emotional, what do we do? Right? What do we do? I mean, if you're, again, if you're anything like me, you just like want to know, like, what do I do? This is my best advice for you. And it's based in research and books that I've read. And I found it really, really helpful. So number one, remember about the brain differences. So you have a different brain. You're operating from a different playing field than your kids are. Number two, I want you to remember the red light, green light game. Did anyone else play this when they were younger? Like I really loved this game. So if you didn't play it, I'll quickly explain it. So imagine a big like field. We would go out behind my school. It would be recess time. There'd be one person that was it and they'd be in charge of calling red light, green light. And the rest of the class would stand on the other end of the field. So I would yell red light, they'd stop. I'd yell green light and they'd run as fast as they could towards me. I'd yell red light, they'd stop. And then you keep on going on and on. So think about that with your kids. When your child is really emotional, I want you to stop. I want you to think of someone calling out red light, stop. Stop trying to communicate. Stop trying to fix it. Like I said, I know it's really hard. It's very hard for me too. It's something I'm working on. I hate to see my kids unhappy. But stop. So when they're emotional, I want you to stop. And the reason that's important is because science says it takes 90 seconds for an emotion to move through us. 90 seconds. Which may seem like an eternity when your child's really emotional. But 90 seconds isn't very long. So if, if we allow them that time, their emotions will naturally move through them and dissipate. So give them that space. And give yourself that space too. Right? So when... They're emotional. Imagine them in the red light zone. Stop what you're doing. Give them some space and allow their emotion to move through them. So what do we do during that time, right? What do we do during that time when they're having that, let's say temper tantrum, that's what we'll call it, regardless of their age. I would suggest to you the best thing that I know to do is to do four, seven, eight breathing. So what that looks like is You breathe in for a count of four, filling up your stomach. You hold your breath for seven, and then you exhale for a count of eight, really, really slowly. The exhale is what's really important. And do that like three or four times. And what that will do is it will send signals to your brain that you are safe, that you can relax, that you can calm down, and it will bring you back to the green zone too. 
Because a lot of times when our kids are really emotional, we also end up in a red light space because we're stressed, right? Nobody wants to see their kids upset. And the best thing that you can do is wait for your child to move back into a space of a green light. Wait for you to be in a space of a green light. And green light is when you're calm. And to be honest, this can apply to any relationship. When you see anybody, whether it's your partner, whether it's your child, whether it's an employee, a coworker, if anybody's in this red light zone, they aren't thinking clearly. Their ears are almost shut off. It's like they're in this different zone in their brain where they just cannot think the same as they would think if they were calm. And everybody's been there before. I know I have. I've been stressed. I've been annoyed. I've been angry. I've been upset. You just don't think the same. So when you see people in that red light space, really emotional, give everybody an opportunity, including yourself, to come back to a green light zone. And hopefully do that breathing in that time. And the best part is you're modeling really great self-soothing technique of breathing to your kids because it sounds so simple, but breathing like that can and will make you feel calmer and will make them feel calmer too. It's a really great tool for us to have in our toolbox and for them to have in their toolbox too. Okay. So when everyone is in the green light zone, that's when we communicate. That's when we connect. That's when we ask them what's wrong. And the really hard part is then we listen and we don't try to fix it. And again, if you're anything like me, it can be really hard because you do want to fix it, right? We have all this experience. We're older, we're wiser, and we want to just fix it. But if you've ever been around anybody before and they want to just shut you down and fix your problems or fix your issues, sometimes it isn't the best feeling. You know, I know if I'm going through something difficult or if I'm struggling, I immediately will call somebody. Usually it's my sister. And I'll just vent. And I'm not looking for her to necessarily fix it. I'm not looking for her advice. I just want her to listen. And sometimes when we just let our kids vent and listen, they automatically feel lighter. They feel seen. They feel heard. And many times they figure out their own answers. So active listening, where we actually they have our full attention. We're listening to them. Then the next step I would suggest is Asking them if they want you just to listen or if they want your advice and then following what they say. Because as our kids get older, we naturally move from a place of teacher to a supporting role. You know, they actually have their brains that are programmed towards independence. So they want to be independent and it's healthy for them to want to be independent And when we support them in that independence, they gain so much confidence. And supporting them in that independence sometimes is allowing them to make mistakes. And sometimes it's allowing them to fail. And that is so hard as a parent, right? Because you want to fix everything. You know, I want to put my kids in a bubble and never have them feel any pain. But that's not where they learn. They learn from the losses. They learn from the mistakes. They learn from the failures. And the biggest and best thing they learn from those moments is that they're resilient and they build that resilience muscle. 
And the resilience muscle is like that bounce back. You know, you have a bad day, something happens, and you can bounce back from it. That's a skill. And when we allow our kids the space to make mistakes and to fail, that's where they learn that. If we never allow that, we're taking away an incredible opportunity for them to grow and for them to build confidence and for them to strengthen their beliefs in themselves. Because on the flip side of the coin, when they make a decision and it's positive and they get a positive result, that also strengthens their belief in themselves instead of thinking, oh, well, my parent just told me to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it, right? And again, there's, there's time for that too. But I think what's important is for us to move to a supportive role for our kids, not making all of their decisions for them, but instead supporting them on their individual journeys. Because resilience is a huge indicator of happiness and all of us want our kids to be happy. And the other thing you can do too is, if you're unsure, is you can ask your child, like, how can I best support you? When you're emotional like that, what can I do? And then respect them and do it. The other important thing that I wanted to address in this conversation is, please never be afraid to ask for help. When you ask for help, it does not mean that you're like less than. It doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It's totally normal to ask for help. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody's a perfect parent. Nobody has a perfect life. And give yourself grace and give yourself compassion. The goal here is progress, not perfection. We're all learning. We're all on this journey. Are you going to lose your temper sometimes? Absolutely. Is it okay? Yes. Again, nobody's perfect. Anger is a normal emotion. I think what is important is then when after everyone's calm to come back, connect, and make amends. So to just recap our takeaways are number one, it's normal for our kids to be emotional and it isn't a reflection on our parenting. Number two, our kids' brains, the part that's responsible for actions, emotions, and thoughts doesn't fully develop until the 20s, until they're in their 20s. Next, remember the red light, green light, connect and communicate in the green light zone and not in the red light zone. Remember the four, seven, eight breathing. It can be really, really helpful. And remember the goal here is progress, not perfection. Mistakes are okay. Nobody's perfect. If you found this podcast helpful or inspiring in any sort of way, if you agreed, or even if you disagreed, I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love for you to share this with someone else. You could share this with your kids and you could share it with some friends. When you share it with your kids, the reason I suggest that is it can be really scary to have big emotions. So when your kids are having these big emotions, it can be scary to them, especially if they don't understand it. So when they get the science behind it and they understand, hey, you know what, my brain's actually maturing and it's normal and here are some things that I can do like this four, seven, eight breathing to calm myself back down and get back into a calm place, it can be extremely empowering for them and really boost their confidence. I also suggest that you share it with some of your mom friends. Parenting and being a mom can be really lonely, let's be honest. And when you connect on these larger issues with moms, you feel less alone. So send it to some friends and then set a date where you actually are all gonna get together and use this podcast and the topics we talked about as a jumping off point 
to get you talking about these topics and get you connecting with your friends and with other moms on a deeper level. Because when we connect, when we feel seen, when we feel supported, and when we realize that we're not alone, we feel so much better. It's kind of like we feel re-energized to go back to life after we do something like that. In closing, as always, I really want to thank you for being here. I know there's so many things that you could be doing with your time. And the fact that you have decided to listen to this podcast, I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We have some really incredible, amazing, I mean, I can't say enough amazing things about the guests that we have coming up. Their stories are so good, so inspiring, and I think that you are really going to get a lot from it. So I hope that you have a really great week, and we will be back next week with a new episode.